The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. At Healthcare Insight, if you've been a regular listener, you know that we don't just talk about health, healthcare, health insurance, the healthcare industry. We talk about a number of issues that affect the health of our country. Yes, we originally started off focusing just on the traditional health, healthcare, health insurance topics, but we have since progressed beyond that to look at political issues, domestic, foreign policy issues, controversies of the day. And the reason is that we are so far away from real health insurance reform that uh, it seems unnecessary to talk about it until we, as a country, are in a better position to talk about health care. And we may be getting to that by 2024. Now is certainly the time to be thinking about legislation that would bring free market health care to the forefront uh, by the time, hopefully, the Republicans take over the House, the Senate, and the presidency in 2024, and we can move towards real health insurance reform legislation. We can move towards deregulation of so many issues across the country that is strangling our businesses, both large and small these days. But today I want to talk about a topic that is in the news very much over the last several months, and even more importantly, it's taken the forefront with the Republicans taking control of the House and their ability to bring topics uh, to the public, to have hearings and uh, discussions about topics that were sort of verboten under the Democratic rule of the House of Representatives. Um, when you are in charge of the House of Representatives, you have subpoena power, you have committee chairmanships, you have the votes to uh, select the topics and the issues that uh, are talked about, and they're hopefully fed into the media, whether it's the traditional media sort of being forced to listen up to things that are on the country's uh, menu of discussions, or at least to some of the alternative media, the more conservative media that might be picking up on some of the topics and issues that the Republican House of Representatives are bringing up and discussing more fully than they would have been before. And the one topic that I want to focus on today is, in one word, sex. Now, you wouldn't think that would be all that controversial, except that um, People historically have understood exactly what male and female means. But in the last couple of years, there's been a very strange twist that it's almost as if you can decide which sex you are. Oh, I feel like a female today, or I feel like a male today. Well, you know, young people especially are so vulnerable to confusion in life. You know, they may want to be a fireman one day and they want to be an astronaut the next day. But to think that a child's thinking and the maturity and their ability to choose how they want to be or who they want to be, especially around sexual topics, sexual identity, and then you have people promoting it. You have teachers, you have doctors, you have activists out there who seem to want to sexualize our children. And this has become a controversy that I never would have thought been a controversy in my lifetime. I mean, in my growing up, you had male and female. When a child is born, you look down at their genitals and you just say, "This is you got a new baby boy, you got a new baby girl. You don't say, well, I was assigned at birth being a male or I was assigned at birth being a female. No. The good Lord made you one thing or the other. There's only two sexes. There's not um, a cyst or there's not a, 
a binary. There's not a, a neutral. There's not a trans. There's only male and female. And look at your genitals, and that will tell you which sex you are. It doesn't seem to be all that controversial until the last couple of years where all of a sudden the trans community seems to have this enormous political power for such a minority. And there's a sensitivity on the far left for some reason to try to destroy this country and the basic principles that we've all lived by for so long, that there's males and there's females in this particular case. Well, you would think this is just silliness, that you could ignore people who are trying to create four, five, six, ten, twenty different sex identifications. But the reality is it has great public policy implications. For example, I want to get into an article that was just out today in February of 2023. And it talks about how the Biden administration wants to install these crazy concepts of confusing sexual identities into law into regulations. For example, there's been more than a dozen organizations that have had to step up to urge the Biden administration to abandon some of the plans that they have that would allow biological males to compete in women's sports and to use the same locker rooms. You know, a male walking around in a female locker room with their genitals hanging out or trying to shower with females in the same shower, used to be considered sexual abuse, would have been voyeurism, and people would have been prosecuted and thrown in jail. But today, it's supposed to be accepted, and you're not supposed to question it, or you're homophobic or transphobic, you're racist, whatever it is, you'll be called names. And I consider that to be bullying. People were bullying other people into silence. And so it violates common decency on two levels the common decency on the privacy of individuals, and the common decency not to have to be bullied into doing something that seems totally averse to any history that we've ever had, any experiences that we've ever had. So this new policy that is being opposed by so many organizations is the Biden administration's department proposal to the regulations on Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. Now, Title IX was established back in 1972 to assure women that they could have their own sports activities just for women. So many colleges, so many high schools put all their money into male sports activities, whether it's football or basketball, and there was very little money available for women's sports. Now, of course, the reason that occurred is that that's where people were willing to pay admission to go and see these male activities. But it was also sort of cultural that many women's sports are just as exciting to many people as men's sports, but they hadn't been promoted or hadn't been allowed to develop because the funds weren't there to allow women to have the kinds of sports activities and to raise that up with news and sporting events and television and radio and all the things that would go so that people could identify with certain athletes, female athletes in this case. So it's hard to believe that the federal government is about to destroy women's rights to have their own sporting events by allowing trans females, who are really males biologically, to participate in those sports and to open the doors as if they were females, real females. They're not. Their body structure, their muscle structure, all of that is, is very different from females. And so you've got a lot of pushback 
on what would seem to be a question that shouldn't even exist. Well, there's another round of regulations that will be released by the department this spring, so coming up this season of 2023, and that will specifically address Title IX's application to transgender athletes participating in women's sports. But in a letter to Secretary of Education, this is the person that's responsible, the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, Tuesday, organized by the Defense of Freedom Institute for Policy Studies, that's a diverse coalition of lawyers, subject matter experts, parents, civil rights groups, and former education officials, they said the Biden administration's anticipated regulations will unfairly penalize female athletes, and it will. Quote, the department does not have legal authority to issue regulations that would subvert rather than fulfill the requirements of Title IX by permitting requiring biological males who identify as females to compete in sex-separated women's sports and to use the intimate facilities and shared spaces of female students. This group says we anticipate that the coming Rulemaking on athletics will similarly conflate gender identity with Title IX sex-based protections and degrade those very protections, the group wrote in their letter to the government. Well, clearly that's what's happening. How can you have women's sports if you can open up women's sports basically to men? Yeah, they may have had a change in their sex by some sort of uh, beta blockers or other surgeries that may have occurred on them, but they still have their male genitals. And if they don't have their male genitals, they have mutilated male genitals. But everybody really should know the basic science. My God, we've been talking about follow the science. The basic science is that males have a different body structure. You know, it's always interesting to me, uh, and it historically is, is true in almost every case. Once the liberal ideology takes hold, and they start to move in one direction, ultimately it turns around against them and they have no logical answer for how these things intertwine. Let me give you an example. Take this whole issue of liberalism. I'm going to just accept people for who they are and there's no real truth in life. And they start to go down this line where if if somebody says they're a female, if their gender identity is a female, then they're a female. Well, where are the women's groups today around this issue in sports that tried to fight for and were successful in establishing separate women's sports categories? Why are those women's groups, which are always very liberal, they did a good thing at the end of the day in creating a liberal movement to establish more women's sports activities, more money going from the federal government into sports activities specifically for females. But now look what's happened. The liberal movement to keep going further and further is to accept transgender individuals who say they're female, who really still have a male body, even male genitals. But now they're saying that, oh, we should treat them as females. But now they're hurting females. So it's a totally illogical approach to life to continue down these roads of just accepting whatever is the current fad and trying to push us towards the kind of world that these liberal ideologies would have us accept. I mean, what they really want to do is destroy almost the very fabric of the United States in so many different ways, whether it's attacking religion, 
attacking schools, uh, sexualizing our children, opening up our borders, allowing illegals to vote. I mean, it goes topic after topic. Even when they created the Me Too movement about sexual harassment, what happened? Most of the liberals who were promoting it wound up being the ones that were being fired, whether it's um, it's uh, the um, NPR uh, public TV program, uh, Charlie Rose, who wound up uh, sexually harassing people. Maybe it's also many of the other liberal um, entities, um, uh, Harvey Weinstein, who was raised up by the liberals as being this great and wonderful person. Turns out he was a real uh, nutcase and was abusing and sexually harassing and raping women, and he's now in jail. So, you know, it always winds up at a dead end for these people, and it winds up hurting the liberals even more than it does conservatives who have tended to dismiss it. But now putting it into law through an administration who keeps pushing this stuff, it's going to hurt everybody. Now, I want to continue this topic, but let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back and keep talking about women in sports and gender identity versus sexual identity. We'll be right back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we are talking about the topic of sexual identity, and I want to share my passion for the argument against this craziness that's going on in this country. Now, I have two daughters and four granddaughters, and they deserve the right to participate in women's sports, to receive the awards, the recognition, the scholarships, all that that might happen with a um, uh, a pure female, uh, a pure women's sports activity. That sports activity is being destroyed today by having males participate in women's sports under the guise that they are trans women, when there's no real such thing as trans women. There could be males that have changed some of their sexual proclivities, that they may be attracted to the opposite sex. I have no trouble with with uh, males who are gay, who don't go through the body transformations that might occur, and that they are just attracted to um, the same sex. Well, that's fine. Nobody has trouble with that. Nobody's ever had trouble with that. The reason is that we're now taking 
an extreme position of that. They're not really gay anymore. They're people who are transforming their bodies, but they're still males, they're still females, and they belong to that category. Nobody assigned that to them. You can't just think that you're a different sex, just like you can't think that you're a different race. Or you can't say, gee, I feel like a fireman today, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to uh, put out fires. Or I feel like I'm a policeman, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to start to solve some of the crimes that are going on out there. You are who you are. Now, if you have a proclivity as a different sexual orientation as to your 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 ideas of what love is, that's fine. You can do that. Nobody asks me whether I'm a homosexual or not or somebody's uh, preaching against white male heterosexuals. I don't I don't say, well, wait, wait, wait. I can be who I am. How dare you go after me? You can't talk to me that way. There's no real pushback like that. There's no bullying on the on behalf of people say, well, what well, those are the majority. Well, that's so what? You still don't get to bully somebody into silence. You can't take away their voice. You can't take away science. You can't take away truth. So I want to go back to this whole issue of what the Biden administration is proposing because they want to put into regulation what is not science, what is not logic, what has not been the history of humankind even. I want to talk about this Title IX change that the Biden administration is promoting. And what they're promoting is to change the definition. And what the Biden administration wants to do is their view is that Title IX extends the generation to gender identity. It's an extremist position, and it's not supported by text or structure or legislative history in any way, shape, or, or form. But Cardona, the Secretary of Education, has said that he supports allowing biological male transgender people to compete in women's sports. He said during his confirmation hearing that it is critically important that educators and school systems respect the rights of all students, including students who are transgender, and that all students should be able to participate in activities. Well, I don't have any trouble with that statement. It's the way that they are then regulating under that thought. How about to respect the rights of all real women? How about respecting their rights to be able to participate in sports, to be able to have the privacy in their own locker rooms, their own shower stalls, that they don't have to see a male genital person walking by? That's, that used to be a crime, used to be somebody who had thrown in jail, somebody you certainly wouldn't let um, come out and run around a, a female locker room like that, you know, flashing themselves to... Every woman who's in there, that's that's not respecting their rights. But, of course, the people who are against this now really are saying that um, that they argue that the Title IX, which is limited to the prohibition of sex-based discrimination, that's what it originally was developed for, to prevent and prohibit sex-based discrimination. Well, changing it to gender identif- identity does not does not affect that. That creates a whole new environment to have to deal and build sports around. So the letter that was signed by all these organizations, let me list out the organizations that are um, uh, against what the Biden administration is doing. It was signed by the Heritage Foundation, the Heritage Action for America, Ethics and Public Policy Center, an organization called SAVE, another organization, Independent Women's Law Center, Child and Parental Rights Campaign, Texas Eagle Forum, Family Policy Alliance, 
No Left Turn in Education, Southeastern Legal Foundation, American Civil Rights Project, and Parents Defending Education and Others. It's their view that this is a distortion, and it is so clearly. So you wonder why. You know, you step back and say, why is this happening? Why are people on the other side, which seems to be half of the country, denying what everybody should show, obviously agree with? It's not just saying, well, I'm just so self-centered that I have an opinion and everybody ought to just agree with me. I mean, we now have a U.S. Supreme Court who couldn't answer the question during her confirmation, what is a female? She said, well, I'm not a biologist, so I don't know. Really? That's where this country has gone? That we don't know the difference between a male and a female? Now, a male and a female could have different proclivities on who they want to love, who they want to marry, and all that's allowed. But the idea in sports is a different category. It's a different activity where there are clearly differences, and we had laws previously established, regulations previously written, that everybody understood. Everybody understood that women's sports were for women, and they were separated from men because of the biological differences, that men were stronger. They had different body types. They had different muscle structures. They were different heights. They had different weights. On average, there's so many differences between men and women that women couldn't compete in a single world of male and female sports. Now, some could, some couldn't, but most couldn't. And so we didn't want them all together, so we split them up so that men and women could all benefit from the sports activities, the competition, the camaraderie, the teamwork, the scholarships, the awards, the recognition that they would get from participating in their own sports. And now the Biden administration is trying to kill that. Where are the women's groups that would normally be defending women? Do they really think that defending trans women is a, is supporting all women? And that makes any sense in this case. If trans women are a separate sex, then let them have their own activities. Let, let trans women compete against trans women. But, you know, it's such a small minority. I don't think they could get together a swim meet for trans women people competing against themselves. That might be uh, one solution to all this. But, you know, it's gone even further these days with this whole trans movement going on. National Public Radio recently had a program where they claimed that sex surgeries for children were under attack in Florida. They were actually attacking Governor DeSantis, who was a very strong, very successful uh, Republican governor who's likely to run for president in 2024. So NPR, which is supposed to be nonpartisan, is funded by all our tax dollars, is obviously extremely liberal in its viewpoint. And so they're saying that sex change surgeries for children, not for adults, of adults, you know, if they pass some age that we can agree on as a society, 18, 21, whatever it is, and they can make their own decisions about their own life, let them do whatever they want to their bodies, whether it's making sexual changes or tattooing their bodies or cutting off a finger, whatever they want to do. I don't really care, and I don't think most people would care. But talk about children now is a different issue. Parents, mothers, fathers want to protect their children. And NPR actually, believe it or not, profiled a 13-year-old who reportedly identifies as female and transgender and was put on puberty blockers. The story that they presented headlined, Florida bans transgender-affirming care 
for transgender youth and parents are raising concerns. Gender affirming care for a child. The child doesn't know what he is or what he wants. And you'd be making lifetime changes by changing their hormonal structure, changing their genital designs, cutting off their their male junk, whatever it is. That's a lifetime decision that you're making for a child. And parents who are doing that are mutilating their children. Hospitals that are performing those surgeries are mutilating children. And, you know, it goes even further. There is a whole industry developing out there and is anxious to move on sexualizing our children, changing their sex based upon a child's fantasy about he might have a question about his own sexual identity or, or gender identity. There's a whole industry out there ready to develop gender clinics that would take children and mutilate their bodies. By whose recommendation? Is it by parents? Is it by school? Is it by the government? Who's making those decisions? Now, in Florida, our Governor DeSantis said most of this stuff is totally hogwash and shouldn't be done. There's no real science behind it. And you cannot do that to children. Whether it's teaching children about sexual identity and sexual activities that adults do, bringing that down to children. Why would we want to do that? Why do you want to sexualize children? That used to be criminal activity to take a child and to show them your penis, to take a child and expose yourself to them. You know, those are the horrible images that we saw for many years as I was growing up, that those are people ought to be locked away. They're mentally ill. And yet we're still doing that in the common sense of this is now our culture. It shouldn't be my culture, and I hope it's not anybody listening to this program. And the people who are doing it are just wrong. What's, what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, and, and doing this to our children is definitely wrong. Now, the article marked uh, that from NPR marked that Ron DeSantis is a major opponent of gender-affirming surgeries for children. Well, that's a bunch of hogwash. He's not. He's trying to protect children. He has done a number of pieces of legislation for parents' rights and for children's rights, for the affirming care that they need, not for sex changes at an early age before they can understand, because there's too many people. There's story after story after story that talks about people who've had those sex changes, and they regretted it later on. They were irreversible, or they tried to reverse them, and it's a horrible process to have to go through. So NPR, again, is just showing its its liberal colors as it goes through these types of programs time and time again as publicly funded propaganda. And propaganda for who? I don't quite understand the ideology of a vast majority. Why aren't people standing up against this mutilation of children? And DeSantis would say, in Florida, we've refused to bow to a radical minority who want to encourage minor children to have life-altering decisions that have lasted, have lasting and permanent ramifications, like foregoing the ability to have children. We stand for protecting our children and protecting our innocence. Thank goodness I live in Florida. I support these kind of common sense, rational decision-making on how and where and when to treat our children about sexual identity, sexual activities. It shouldn't be done at anything less than the third grade for the education, 
and certainly shouldn't be allowed for mutilating children until they are old enough to make their own decisions and are on their own at age probably 18. Well, let's take another quick break and let's continue with this topic. As you can see, I have a lot of passion, but I want to hear from many others on this topic, other experts outside what they say. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this commercial. Veteran owned America's web radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's web radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we are talking about women in women's sports and not confusing that with males who identify as females participating in those same sports and the unfair advantage that males have over women in terms of their body strength, their size, their weight, uh, all the issues that come with being born male shouldn't be in uh, female sports activities. So I want to bring forth, and, you know, I've talked about this in the first two segments pretty strongly, my passion for uh, my girls and my granddaughters. Um, but now I want to list, have you listen to uh, the commentary of a female volleyball player, and she is a real female who's trying to compete in the sports and has become an activist for a particular reason, and listen to her story, how times have changed when she first started to raise these issues and concerns with her state legislators, and she was dismissed, only to find another reason not to do this because of the injuries and the safety factor that comes from mixing in males uh, with females in a sport that she's passionate about, uh, volleyball. So let's listen to what her story is and how and when she became involved and what the issues around safety are, that she has a very legitimate comment and point to make. So when I first started in this issue, that was back in 2020, and I was testifying in state legislatures. And the first one that I testified in was South Carolina. And um, I, I brought this issue, and it wasn't moved forward. They said it wasn't a real issue, right? We're just looking for things to, to pick at. Um and the club that I play for was actually in North Carolina. North Carolina said the same thing. It's not a real issue. Then a couple months ago, I'm reading the news, and I see that a girl in North Carolina 
um, had severe head and neck injuries from volleyball. I was like, that is so interesting. So I looked at the article and she was hit in the face. I was like, well, that's interesting. I get hit in the face all the time. Like, that's just part of volleyball. But the ball is relatively soft. Like, that doesn't normally cause that kind of injury. And so I looked further and the girl was playing against a male. And the male hit the volleyball, hit the girl in the face, severe head and neck injuries. This is not just about educational opportunities, which it is, but it's also a safety concern, right? And so I'm looking at these state legislatures who are refusing, who are blocked by their political ideology to see that this, this, they need to step up and speak for these girls. So they're so blinded by this ideology that we need people who are willing to speak up for us, who aren't going to let that stand in the way and say that we're going to protect all girls. No matter what state that you are in, you deserve protection and and your voice is heard. You know, as I'm listening to this young lady fight for the rights of women uh, in sports, that they not include males. Let's take another perspective of this to show how ridiculously ideology has sort of twisted and turned in this unrecognizable uh, form that it, it, it now exists. Let's say you have a female who wants to be stronger to play and continue to play with females. So she takes hormones. She doesn't identify as a male. She still wants to be a female. She still is female in her mind, so her gender identity is female, but she wants to get stronger, so she takes hormones. Now, she may be no different than somebody who takes all these hormones and then identifies as a male. Well, then is that person supposed to participate in male sports? Well, they wouldn't be very successful in it. But if that person says, no, I still identify as a female, I just need to take these hormones to get stronger, and I might someday identify as a male, but right now I'm going to continue to identify as a female. Well, that person would be kicked out of the sporting event. They'd be taking hormones unfairly participating in the female sport. Well, in the future, is this crazy liberal ideology twisting and sitting on his head going to accept females who identify as females but just take a bunch of these hormones? Or do you have to take the hormones and then say, yeah, well, I'm going to identify as a male? Well, it's the same thing. You can't cross over this barrier. You are what you are. There is no in-between. There's only two sexes. You're either male or you're female. You can take hormones, you can have surgeries and doing all that, but you're still you're a male or a female. If you want to change sexes and become a male because you want to love females, that's your identity, then fine. If you want to stay a female and love females and you want to be gay, that's fine. But don't start crossing over in areas like sports, in areas like locker room use, in areas like trying to teach our children in kindergarten about all these different choices that you make as adults. We don't need to confuse our kids. We don't need to sexualize our children. Let them be children, and they will work it out themselves as they go along in life if there needs to be a change. It is a very small minority with a very large, very large political constituency. Why it has that political constituency is beyond me. I don't know where all this funding is coming from. Maybe it's coming from the anarchists in this country. Maybe it's coming from George Soros who wants to tear down this country. Maybe it's coming from the Marxists. Maybe it's coming from the communists. Maybe it's the Russians. Who knows? But does it really matter except, as Karl Marx used to say, people who are supporting him or what Lenin used to say, these people are just useful idiots. They're bringing ideas that tear down culture, tear down civilizations, and they expect us just to go along because 
we think, oh, they're just a bunch of weird, freaky people. But once they get in power, they affect all of us. I want to hear from some more uh, House of Representative members that were at a recent conference about women in sports. I want to hear what they have to say about what's going on in sports and what their intent and why they're involved in all of this. Let's first hear from Virginia Fox, a representative in the U.S. Congress uh, from North Carolina. And I can remember when Title IX was passed. I was working at Appalachian State University at the time, and I've asked the staff, I didn't think about it until I came in here, but I, I would like to know, in 1972, this body was controlled by Democrats. It was controlled by Democrats for 40 years. Democrats fought for years to pass uh, Title IX. Republicans joined them in that because we understood the inherent unfairness of women not having the opportunity to have scholarships and and be able to compete in their own sport and to be treated fairly. That's the whole idea behind Title IX. And now to have somebody tell, oh, you're transphobic if you don't, if you are in favor of this bill, which doesn't make any sense at all, particularly, again, because this was done in a bipartisan way, but, again, led by Democrats. But what this is so inherently unfair to women, and what it will do is by allowing biological males... And I think we have to continue to say that because there is a science involved here. And Democrats tell us all the time, follow the science, follow the science. (laughs) And I think the term evolving science, I was stunned when you said that, that somebody told you that. No, it's not evolving science. It's settled science. So I'm appalled at what is being pushed. Uh, I think... It's important that women have the same opportunities that men have throughout our culture. I've fought for women's rights all my life. Well, that was from a House member who has been around for many years, has fought for women's rights uh, her entire career, and she makes a heck of a lot of sense. Well, let's turn the page a little bit and talk to another House of Representatives members that is so passionate about it. I think you'll hear her voice coming through uh, the next um, uh, commentary that she has to explain why she is against this Biden regulation, the change in Title IX to include sexual identity along with sexual status. Let's listen to her. This issue is critical to me because one, believe it or not, um, I am an athlete or I was an athlete. Let's say that. I coached girls' sports, um, travel baseball or softball, um, but I am spitting mad. And at some point in time, you have to have some people that actually have some courage to stand up and call out all the hypocrisy. So save it on your labels. Save it on if I don't agree with you, then you're going to call me a name. You know what people call that? They call it bullying. Well, you know what? Save your labels. Save your labels. And I will share with you, I will fight till I don't have any breath left to make sure that we have 
two, we, we have girls sports. How, how long have we fought and do we have to listen to, to all uh, the other side on fairness, equality? I get a little, I get a little excited. Okay. Well, where is the fairness and where is the equality? Well, representative, I love your passion. I love the identification of the hypocrisy and the bullying that's going on from the other side that, that we shouldn't accept in our society that people should uh, feel free to speak their minds. Let me ask you this, given that passion level you have, what would you do as a mom if your daughter came home and said she was forced to be in the same locker room, in the same shower as a biological male? As a mom, I have no idea what I would have done if my daughter came home and said, Mom, I was made to undress in a locker room in front of a man with a penis. Really? You know what I call that? You know what I call that? I call that indecent exposure. So let's just start calling it out on what it is. Let's have a little bit of courage here. And you know what? I'm sure the other side is going to get up and call me names. I don't care. I don't care because I have two daughters and I will fight for them. And what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And you know what? And you can berate us, you can belittle us, you can label us all you want. But you know what that means? That means I'm right. Because if you can't debate me on, what do you call it, science, then I must be winning. So I'm doing this for my two daughters because I care about them. And I also care about you as well. And let's just call it what it is. Let's follow the science. Okay, I hear your passion. And I know that you have to represent the values and the people of your district. But what do you say to those who would call you transphobic? that you're not representing all the people in the United States when you actually are setting laws. You're just setting it for your own particular uh, locale or interest or your historical uh, perspective on right or wrong. What do you say to those who would call you transphobic? I'm not opposed to the transgenders. You can be whatever you want to be. This is America. That's the beauty. Don't force me to be something different either. So there you have two representatives in the U.S. House of Representatives, females arguing for female sports to be purely female sports, not transgender females who really still have male genitals or male hormones or the male structure. Why in the world do we get into the issue of how do we define a male or female? Is it by their chromosomes? Is it by their hormonal levels? All we got to do is look at their genitals, and if they have mutilated their genitals, they still had their genitals. So why are we even in this debate? It is beyond me. Somebody ultimately is going to have to uh, bring me up to speed as to what's going on because there's no way to make any sense out of this ideological push to try to change the idea that there's males and there's females, and even the Supreme Court nominee can't define what a male and a female is. Um, she certainly never would have been put on the Supreme Court in any other time in our history. 
Well, let's take another commercial break, and we'll be right back with our last segment of Healthcare Insight. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Well, welcome back to the final segment this week of Healthcare Insight. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and we talk about current issues. We talk about current problems facing this country. We talk about controversial things that go on from week to week. And today, we're wrapping up our hour on talking about sexual identity and women in sports and how sexual identity and sort of the woke culture of recognizing trans women as being eligible to compete in women's sports is taking a very significant change. The Biden administration is about to redo their Title IX designation to take sexual identity and sexual recognition in totally different directions and allowing women to participate in sports who are not real women. Trans women are not real women, and yet the Biden administration is about to change the regulations, redefine the terms typical of liberals, typical of this ideological woke culture. They will redefine terms, and now they're redefining terms in existing law and in the existing regulation to mean something that it doesn't really mean. That when Title IX was established, it was to create a separate channel for women's sports, for women to participate, not people who identify as a woman because they're not women. They're males. They still have male genitalia, and yet they want to compete in women's sports because they identify as being a woman. And if you think all this craziness isn't hitting home and working its way down from college activities and sports down to your children in school, your grandchildren in school, Let's go back to sort of the most crazy county in the entire country. Loudoun County Schools have been in the public eye for a long time. They were part of the abuses of our children that led to the election of Governor um, Yankin in Virginia, Yunkin in Virginia, who fought against the school boards in support of the parents to say and have a bigger voice in what their children are being taught at school 
and how their children were being ruled by out-of-control school boards. And you'd think that the Virginia school boards and the Virginia population of any kind of elected official would have learned their lesson, their political lesson. But no, what's happening now, this is recent. This isn't from six months ago or three months ago. It's, it's what's happening in Virginia now, that the parents in Virginia are accusing the Virginians Loudoun County Schools of hiding something big after the district's board elected to withhold an independent report dealing information regarding sexual assault cases of two high school students, citing privacy concerns and attorney-client privilege. Well, we know what's happened in the past is that the Loudoun County School Board ignored the problem that a rape had occurred from a a boy who said he was identifying as a female went into the female bathrooms, raped a girl, and then the whole issue got covered up and they couldn't talk about it. The parents of that girl were outraged that the school board was ignoring it, ignoring them. And the father got into all sorts of trouble when he insisted that he have his right to speak and was hauled out of the school board meeting by police, and it was actually one of the earliest events of school board abuse and parent outrage. Think about it. If your child was raped because the school board and the school system didn't protect the daughter from being in and forced to share a locker room with a male, a predatory male who identified as a female, think about if that was your child. How outraged would you be? Well, in this case, the father was so outraged, and then the school board tried to shut him down, that he created a commotion in that school board, and it led to the federal district attorney, General Garland, Attorney General Garland, wrote a letter saying, violence against school board members is a right-wing conspiracy, that we've got to go after these folks, that we've got to arrest them, we've got to look for white supremacy in the schools, by the, by, the, by the parents of students because they are threatening elected officials. Well, by God, I'd be uh, threatening elected officials. I'd be out there with all sorts of challenges to these people before I got them kicked out through a re-election process. But the shaming these people who seem to have no shame is what parents ought to do when this kind of situation arises. Now, a study was done in those schools about the sexual assaults that may have occurred multiple times. So a study was done by an outside independent person so that the parents can see is just this extremely rare case that was poorly handled when it was brought to the attention of the school board who tended to just completely dismiss the issue, transferred the student who did the raping to another school, trying to shut this out of anybody's knowledge, not bring it to the media or bring up the the whole issue of the rape, that the first rape that occurred, but they transferred the student out, ignored that it even happened, and then a second child got raped in the other school. So they did a study that tried to expose how prevalent was this kind of thing happening in the Loudoun County schools. So they did a study, and now the school board won't release the results of that study. They try to keep that secret, and of course, everybody's got a reason. You know, if you're a teacher or a lawyer, you can come up with all sorts of great uh, reasons uh, for not disclosing something that's uncomfortable to you. 
Well, one of the school board members, Erica Ogilvie, argued that while transparency is important, releasing the port report would only contribute to and prolong the trauma of the victims. Oh, yeah, now she's in favor of helping the victims when the parents of the victim are saying, okay, now you screwed it up earlier on. Now tell us how prevalent this is. You're not going to make the trauma any worse. The trauma has already occurred, and you traumatized that person a second time by not listening to that person, not listening to their parents, and ignoring the whole situation. Now the school board wants to cover it up and says transparency may be important, but we're going to really try to protect that individual. She also argued that maintaining students' privacy takes precedent over releasing the report. Well, she wasn't worried about the students' privacy when she let biological males into the female bathrooms, and that was their policy, and then they they supported it as being woke in their political ideology and running a school board that failed to protect the children. But on the contrary, there were others there. A Tiffany Polifko, who ran as a parent rights candidate for the board last November, said the incident is about justice, integrity, and service. And you can't have justice without truth. So expose the real truth of what happened here. Now, unfortunately, the board decided and voted not to release it. So you can see how underhanded these people can be. They cannot take care of your children. They can shut you down as a parent if something terrible like rape occurs to your children on their watch, and they don't want to be held responsible for it. So then they have a study to satisfy some other demand that they are facing, and then when the study comes out, they don't want to release it at all. But one of the parents there, Scott Smith, what was his comment on this? He says, I'm a father of the first sexual assault student, said Scott Smith. What are you hiding here? What are they hiding? They are hiding something big. And then Smith walked out of the meeting shouting at the board, effing liars, what are you covering up? What? So they just enraged the parents even more. And this is about the sexual assault. Loudoun County has been famous for other challenges on what they're teaching their students. They're teaching children about sexual identity. They have pornographic books in their library that they're uh, promoting to the children to read. The teachers are reading this stuff in classrooms and bringing out an awareness of sexuality that children in kindergarten don't understand. And you're just sort of laying a foundation for total confusion. I don't understand these people in this area, but they're certainly at the leading edge of almost all the problems that we continue to see in story after story across the country. Why Loudoun County is at the forefront of this and being exposed, maybe it's good press. Maybe it's something else that keeps percolating the craziness in Loudoun County out, but certainly for Governor Yunkin, um, gives him a reason to go in there and try to shut this down even more than he has in the past, knowing that it's like guacamole. You stop it here and it pops up over there, and you stop it there and it pops up again someplace else. Let's wrap up this week's program from hearing one of the most articulate, um, strong female voices in the Congress, sometimes very controversial for her stance on, on various issues, but I want to hear from Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, from the 14th District in Georgia. Tell us about your background and your interest in this issue of women in sports, uh, Representative. Representative uh, Green, you have a particular issue that you've mentioned before that I've heard 
that maybe most people don't understand the insights because you've been an athlete, your daughter's an athlete. Um, maybe you can answer the question more clearly for our audience. Why is it that more female athletes currently participating in college athletics are not speaking up? What is preventing them from speaking up about this outrage of males participating in their sport? But here's the biggest problem uh, facing college athletes, girls that are competing in the sport they train for their entire lives, the sports they loved. If you're an athlete on scholarship, you belong to the school. And you're not allowed to speak up. You are silenced because you have to you have to keep your mouth shut. You're controlled over what you're allowed to post on social media, what you're allowed to say. You can't be political because you're not allowed to. You represent the school and you're paid by the school. That's what your scholarship is. And so this this puts female athletes in a very difficult position. Not only do you want to be able to play in the sport you love, and you want to be able to compete at the highest level because that's what you work so hard your entire life to be able to do. But you can't say how you feel about men trying to take your place on the playing field, the swimming pool, the court, whatever your sport is. You are silenced because these female athletes are afraid of losing their scholarships. They're afraid of losing their starting position because they went there and called out the woke politics that are destroying women's sports. And that is that is something that we have got to stop. And they do not belong in girls' and women's sports. We will fight for you. We will stand up for you. And we will work as hard as possible until we stop this and keep the guys out of the locker rooms, the bathrooms, your hotel rooms when you travel, and, and, and competing with you to try to steal your spot. So, audience, there you have it. Men in women's sports, why it's wrong, what it's hurting, who it's hurting, how it's hurting, and how we need to get back to some sanity. I mean, can you imagine having a daughter on a swim team and she's forced not only to compete, not only to be in the shower in the locker room with a male, but she has to room with a male when she's on a traveling trip with that team. How crazy is this? And yet this is exactly what the Biden administration is proposing, what the Secretary of Education is proposing be a mandate, be required of all schools who receive federal funding to do. It's just madness. Well, join us again next week when we talk about another hot topic, hot issue, and I hope provide you with some new thoughts, information, opinions, insights that maybe you don't get through mainstream medium. So, it's Ron Bachman signing off. Thank you for listening, and thank you for America's Web Radio for allowing this kind of programming to exist. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.